is within our grasp. When we can make our futures anew on November 6th, he reminds us all, yes, we can. Ladies and gentlemen, This is going to be one of the toughest podcasts I've ever had to do because I have to temper political excitement. And I really don't like to do that because I know because of the current culture, how very difficult it is to get people excited about politics. I'm just very skeptical of a political movement that prioritizes celebrity over policy, especially when those celebrities represent status quo or even perhaps neocolonialism. Now, I'm not here to antagonize per se. I'm here to make sure that black people are taken seriously from a political perspective. And the ugly truth is this. As long as we allow Democrats and Republicans to use celebrities as a means of limited political engagement, our politics will always be superficial. Show me in the white community where a comedian is a white leader. Show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders. These are puppets and clowns that... Uh, have been set up over the white community and uh, over the black community by the white community and have been made celebrities and usually say exactly what uh, they know that the white man wants to hear. Oh boy, Malcolm was ahead of his time. Now, those may seem like harsh words, but y'all know good and well, I got the receipts. Um, to, be a Negro in, to be a Negro in this country and to be um, relatively conscious is to be in a state of rage. Almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth and not to make no dope. Welcome to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. So glad you guys are checking in. Man, we're almost here. Almost to Election Day. I am very excited. I'm excited to see how all of this is going to shake out, man, because so much money and time and effort has been invested in the midterm elections. I'm here, you know, in South Carolina. I'm basically like a stone's throw from Georgia. So I'm seeing this like governor's race and it's so crazy. Just all the different things that are happening. Of course, I've talked about it extensively on Making a Difference and it's almost here. Could not help uh, but notice uh, that President Barack Obama has pretty much made the tour uh, throughout the Southeast. And, you know, I was joking on my um, on my personal Facebook page. I called it the Stacey Abrams World Tour. And I said that, you know, maybe Beyonce and Jay-Z are going to be on that tour. And I, you know, kind of got some uh, kind of got some laughs from that. And, you know, there's a, a lot of energy, you know, associated with Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum. And, and let me be perfectly clear about where this podcast is going to go 
because I definitely want there to be voter engagement. I want people to be excited about the political process. That's not what I'm after. My concern here is really looking at the celebrity influence as it relates to politics. Is it something that's going to create better policy for black people or is it another means of control from major political parties? I've seen it on the Democrat side. I've seen it on the Republican side where, you know, celebrities have so much clout. And it's something that I, I do think that black people as a whole, I, y'all know how I feel about saying the black community. I do feel like it's something that black people are susceptible to because of the way that we are, you know, giving given news, the way that we are given information from the media. The media presents the news or I'm, I won't even say so much the news, but. Media presentations to black people are largely entertainment related. So as a result of that, you know, entertainment is often used when, you know, in in cases such as these where you're trying to get people to be politically active, when you're trying to, you know, promote the news is done in an entertaining way. And that concerns me because I do feel like that there are some things that are lost in translation. I do feel like that there are times when celebrity influence is used as a means of pandering in the black community. We're going to talk about a lot of that on this podcast today. And I am going to be brutally honest as it relates to certain candidates. And I'm going to be brutally honest as it relates to some of the celebrities, political or otherwise, that we've come to love. And y'all may hear this beat in the background right now. Like I'm really about to take the mask off on um on a lot of these folks that you know that we're familiar with that we that we deify that we idolize and i'm gonna do it with their own quotes i will be talking about the former president barack obama i'm also gonna be uh, talking about oprah winfrey in this discussion oprah had some very charged political commentary when she came to uh stomp for stacy abrams she had a number of things to say about you know well you know what i'll just let oprah speak for herself and for anybody here who has an ancestor who didn't have the right to vote, and you are choosing not to vote wherever you are in this state, in this country, you are dishonoring your family. Oprah's commentary there deeply concerns me for a number of reasons. The first of which is the tone. The tone sounds very self-righteous, and it reminds me of folk who say, if you don't vote, don't complain. And I always rebuke people when they say that for a very simple reason. If you're a taxpayer, you have the right to complain because your money is facilitating the stuff that happens locally in your state. So, yeah, you have the right to complain. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't vote. I am certainly an advocate of voting. I am also an advocate of being not only an informed voter, but also involving yourself in the political process outside of you know, midterms and presidential elections. And I think that's one of the most disconcerting things uh, about, you know, as as we approach election day is, you know, we're hearing all of these different messages where people are saying vote, vote, vote. And that's good. But I do feel like that some of these messages um, that are encouraging people to vote are so self-righteous and is not something that is said out of love is something that's said out of almost the respectability politics. And that's really the tone that 
I'm getting from Oprah. It's not a it's a tone that she has spoken with before. It's a tone that Barack Obama has spoken with before. And again, I have the receipts and I'm going to share those with you guys on this podcast today. But that's not the only issue I have with Oprah's commentary, because Oprah is tapping into black ancestry. She's tapping into black struggle. And I don't think Oprah is necessarily privy to that because there have been occasions where Oprah hasn't spoken up for black people, where she's done anything. But I'm sure you all remember back in 2007 when or 20, uh, 2006, 2007, when Oprah built the school in South Africa. And she had some very disconcerting things to say about the inner city. Um, she was saying that I became so frustrated with visiting inner city schools that I just stopped going. The sense that you need to learn just isn't there. If you ask the kids what they want or need, they will say an iPod or some sneakers. In South Africa, they don't ask for money or toys. They ask for uniforms so that they can go to school. Just a disgusting display of respectability politics and something that I got to check around right here because I wonder where these kids, you know, um, got the information or the influence or the interest in iPods. <laughs> Let's check this out. This is big. This is big. It is Apple's iPod. Apple's iPod, okay? I know. See, I got the men going now. You got all the girls screaming over a flip-flop, but the guys are iPoding it, okay. This music player, it, it is truly genius. Listen, truly genius, because this itty-bitty gadget, no bigger than a deck of cards, holds 3,700 songs. Okay, it's this 15 gigabyte Apple iPod costs $399. But I got some music for your ears because you're going home with your own iPod. So, I mean, it's easy to take cheap shots at inner city kids for wanting material things, but understand that you're an influencer. Like, you're a person who has that power to really dictate culture. I think true political power does a number of things. And I do want to talk about Oprah in terms of that power, because Oprah is a registered independent. That's something that really gets my attention. And that's something that I really wish Oprah was promoting. I wish, you know, if she had a message of a, a political message for African-Americans, for descendants of slaves. I wish that message was to not allow yourself to be used by the two party system. You know, encourage black folk to re-register as independent. I think that's a very compelling idea. And I also think a similarly compelling idea is if you're going to invoke the struggle of African-Americans, if you're going to invoke the struggle of black folks. Have those conversations within the context of reparations, have those content, have those conversations within the context of policy that's going to specifically help black people, not the whole Rising tide is going to float all boats. Create policy with the understanding that black people have been disenfranchised in this country for hundreds of years and commit yourself and use your um, use your powers for good, if you will, and use your influence to change the culture in a way that's going to positively influence all black people. I'm going to talk about the former president Obama after these messages. You're listening to Making a Difference.
District 5 in all of Aiken County. My name is Juanita Hall. I am a candidate for Aiken County Council District 5 Council seat. On Tuesday, November 6, I need your vote. I was born and raised in District 5. I am running on the platform of transparency and opportunity. Aiken County is growing in leaps and bounds, but we have to make sure that our rural communities are not left out of the important developments. District 5 needs affordable options for public transportation and garbage collection. We must ensure that taxpayers' funds, especially those from capital projects, are allocated to unserved communities. I believe my participation in local politics and my 42 years of working experience in SRNS have uniquely qualified me to be your councilwoman in District 5. I need just one thing, your vote. Aiken County, I encourage you to vote early. If you are unable to do so, please make sure you get out on election day, which is Tuesday, November the 6th, and vote for me, Juanita Hall. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Uh, I'm so glad you guys are continuing to listen into this discussion. I want to talk about the former president, Barack Obama. And I was I was really just want to specify like how I feel about the, about the former president, because I think it's important for for us to try to try to have a, a frame of reference when we talk about him, because he does mean so much to so many people. And. That's evident. I mean, if you if you heard the applause at the start of the conversation and I mean, President Obama really is a, a celebrity of sorts and he really does just elicit, you know, so many good feelings and, and positive energy. And I love that. I love the image of Barack Obama. And I don't think there are too many people who don't like what he represents, what he upholds in terms of being, you know, a man of integrity, in terms of being someone who, you know, is this great example, great father. I do think he does have some political failings. I also think that he too can be a carrier of respectability politics. And it's just ironic that, you know, the, that, um, Barack and Stacey were campaigning uh, at Morehouse because there was a time back in 2013, uh, when the former president was at Morehouse and he too, you know, fell victim to, you know, railing, um, in the spirit of respectability politics. I want you guys to check this out. Just as Morehouse has taught you to expect more of yourselves, inspire those who look up to you to expect more of themselves. We know that too many young men in our community continue to make bad choices. And I have to say, growing up, I made quite a few myself. Sometimes I wrote off my own failings as just as another example of the world trying to keep a black man down. I had a tendency sometimes to make excuses for me not doing the right thing. But one of the things that all of you have learned over the last four years is there's no longer any room for excuses. I understand there's, there's a common fraternity creed here at, at Morehouse. Excuses are tools of the incompetent used to build bridges to nowhere and monuments of nothingness. Well, we've got no time for excuses. Not because the bitter legacy of slavery and segregation have vanished entirely, they have not. Not because racism and discrimination no longer exist. We know those are still out there. 
It's just that in today's hyper-connected, hyper-competitive world with millions of young people from China and India and Brazil, many of whom started with a whole lot less than all of you did, all of them entering the global workforce alongside you, nobody is going to give you anything that you have not earned. Nobody cares how tough your upbringing was. Nobody cares if you suffered some discrimination. And moreover, you have to remember that whatever you've gone through, it pales in comparison to the hardships previous generations endured, and they overcame them. And if they overcame them, you can overcome them, too. You now hail from a lineage and legacy of immeasurably strong men, men who bore tremendous burdens and still laid the stones for the path on which we now walk. You wear the mantle of Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington and Ralph Bunch and Langston Hughes and George Washington Carver and Ralph Abernathy and Thurgood Marshall and, yes, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. These men were many things to many people, and they knew full well the role that racism played in their lives. But when it came to their own accomplishments and sense of purpose, they had no time for excuses. In all honesty, that speech was not only beneath uh, the men of Morehouse, it was really just beneath black people because it was really a talking down to during a, and a commencement exercise. What should have been a celebration like turned into these like, <laughs> like just a, a series of stereotypes from the first black president, no less. I mean, it's just it's disheartening and, and, and disappointing. Now, I'm not bringing up the examples of Oprah Winfrey and the former president, Barack Obama, to be petty. I'm bringing up these examples to provide a point of reference. And the point of reference is this, is that I do feel like when celebrities present themselves in terms of, you know, political rallies, getting out the vote, different things like that, I do feel like it's just culturally it's in this vein of respectability politics it's in this vein of it's in this vein of well this is what black folk need to do at this particular time and i do think i don't think i know that these individuals are presented on behalf of a white liberal agenda and it's a disingenuous agenda let me share this story with you i was on my way to church sunday morning and man i heard every <laughs> type of com uh, political commercial you can imagine but i heard a couple of commercials uh from the the abrams camp and there was a well, particular commercial with Ludacris, tiffany haddish uh you may have, you may have heard a commercial but they were just you know they were all you know boosting up stacy abrams and encouraging people to get out to vote but also to vote for stacy abrams and it was a commercial that was I forget exactly if it was sponsored, but it was it was affiliated with this political action committee known as Black Pack. Now, I heard I was like Black Pack. I was like I've never heard of this, and I kind of for a moment I was like I want you know I wonder who who Black Pack I wonder who these people are, and come to find out, this is a political action committee that professes to be you know. Black operated, black owned, this type of this type of deal, but it's funded by white folks. Now, 
some people may hear that and think, well, you know, or may come at me and say, well, you know, can you always talk about, you know, black folk ain't got no money X, Y, Z. And then you have white folk who want to help out a cause and you're striking it down. That's not where that's not where this conversation needs to go. The question you got to ask yourself is, is why is it that Democrats are so unfamiliar with how to engage black folk outside of entertainment that they got to pour money into a political action committee to try to figure out ways to engage voters. And it ends up being just more of the same. It ends up being pandering and it doesn't really get to the heart of the issue. It doesn't really create an organic uh, relationship between Democratic, between the Democratic Party, between Democratic uh, political action committees and black folks. And again, I think these are the type of activities that show me that the two party system in this country really doesn't respect uh, black folk, doesn't respect African-Americans outside of, you know, six to eight weeks before important elections. And that's just not the way to do politics. And it's not. And for those of us who are perpetually involved in the political process, like we're not satisfied with it. I know I'm not satisfied with it. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast, uh, the black vote Mando, it's mandatory that you listen to that. Um, I would also encourage you to go back and listen to a, a previous podcast that I did. Um, black politics are worth more than the black celebrities. It's a conversation that I started, um, when Monique, uh, was in her beef with Netflix. Those are two important conversations that, you know, after you listen to this commentary, go back and listen to those, man, because it's it's more of the same. And I stand by that black policy, black politics are worth more than, you know, a soundbite than a rock concert. And when I say a rock concert, because like straight up, man, wherever President Obama goes, like it's it's live, man, like there's so much energy in the room. But. How does that translate into workable policy, into um, effective, efficient policy for black folks? And don't worry, because like the same question can be asked, you know, of the Republican or Republican Party, because they really uh, try to play as cheap with the Kanye West situation. And I'm going to talk about that um, after these messages, actually, after this record, man, I've been uh, listening to this joint. Look, actually can't stop listening to it. Uh, it's by J. Cole and Omen. It's called Things Change. Enjoy. Oh, yeah, there is some cussing. So if you don't want to hear that profanity, skip to 2630. This is making a difference. Mixtapes were served, get cake absurd, nice big plates preferred. You heard. 
hurt My every word Potentially could free us all Now that's a heavy burden Sometimes I'd rather get some head And watch my wealth grow Cause things change Am I the same when you fell for? One side screaming hell no Other side holding on for dear life Lately nigga I feel like I ain't that young frail nigga that I used to be Part of my ways girl I'm still getting used to me Cause things change I'm still getting used to me I ain't that old shy nigga that I used to be Bitches watching niggas plotting on me truthfully Gotta be careful what you wish for That you can see things change This is Sean Kerrigan, a 28-year Army combat veteran, and I'm running for Congress in South Carolina District 2. Have you seen our national debt is up to $21 trillion? Have you had a problem finding a good-paying job with benefits? This is what 17 years of failed, ineffective leadership by Jill Wilson looks like. A suffering district. On November 6th, it's your chance to restore South Carolinian values to this district, bring back good-paying jobs with benefits, and give you the representation you deserve. Country first, people always. Vote Sean Kerrigan, a proven leader on November 6th. Paid for by Kerrigan for Congress. And we're back to making a difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Y'all, <laughs> see why I'm laughing? Because Kanye said he got used. Now, Kanye has spent the last few months talking real crazy about amendments, slavery was a choice, blah, 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 so on and so forth. We get to what, the weekend before the election, basically? And then Kanye comes out and he says, well, he goes on like yet another Twitter rant, and he says, you know, that basically the Trump campaign had been using them. Um, there's some 
conservative uh, look flavor of the month. Um, some uh, black woman, uh, Candace Owens, apparently she uh, either stole one of his ideas or just just a whole lot of, of foolishness that was going on. But I didn't really get into the the drama of it, per se. The thing that got my attention was Kanye said that he was going to distance himself from politics. That disappointed me. And it disappointed me because Kanye, whether we like to admit it or not, is an influencer. And Kanye is one of these folks where he's able to get the attention of folks who are contrarians, people who may be anti-establishment. And Kanye was able to tap into a base that, and it's it's a it's a small base, but it's a base nonetheless that has yielded, you know, some of the conversations that we're seeing on Trump side now. And when, and when I say Trump side, I mean, like T Republicans, there was a and going back to Candace Owens, there was this idea. Apparently they were calling it a Blexit or like a black exit. Like apparently, you know, there's this group of black Republicans or black conservatives that were, you know, basically announcing you know, their departure from, you know, the Democratic Party and it wasn't going to be politics as usual, which was a bunch of gibberish, not because they don't have the right to denounce the Democratic Party. But my thing is this, if you're going to denounce a party or if you're going to promote a political party, I'm going to say the same thing to Democrats as I'm going to say to the Republicans. What are you getting for your loyalty? What are you getting for your vote? If you're not getting anything, then you're being used like. These folks are basically saying like the Democrats are some pimps, but I mean, y'all up here acting like hoes, you know what I mean? When it like on like on the real tip, you know, it's just for a different party. But I want to talk about Kanye because Kanye has, you know, has had an influence on, you know, some of these young cats coming up. Apparently some some young rapper, uh, G Herbo, who has something to say about. And this is before, of course, you know, Kanye did his about face. But, you know, just just listen to this cat for a minute. He told me, and it made perfect sense. I wasn't saying slavery was a choice, like we choose to be in slavery, but slavery was a choice to me, to Nat Turner, to Harriet Tubman. That's what he's saying. To Nat Turner, slavery is a choice. To Harriet Tubman, slavery was a choice because I had a choice to run. I had a choice to fight. That's what he was saying. And I understood. He didn't express it that way. He said it like when, when we heard it, he was saying that we choose to go to slavery. But when I talk to him, he absolutely right. Cause I'm that Turner too. I'm Harriet Tubman too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I want to do by any means. I'm gonna take what I want in life. I'm gonna get to where I want to be in life. And he got the same asset. So in all actuality, it was a choice. I don't. It's, it's not a choice. No, no. I, to be I, in slavery, but it's your choice. Are you gonna fight? Are you gonna die? Are you gonna make a difference? It's your choice. Man, look. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but I just, bro, like. See, my thing is this. A lot of this stuff can be avoided if people would just read books. Like if you would just actually, you know, look up like some of the actual like stories of things that that happened during those times. Like if you actually looked up the story of Nat Turner, if you looked up the story of Harriet Tubman, like people want to say the foolish things that they say. But again, I'm going to tell you what this is like. This is like. And this is going to be it's going to be some allusions and some parallels to some of what we see politically. 
Like, if you go to, like, I know a number of people that say this podcast attend church. But here's the thing about attending church and how it correlates to your personal relationship with God. If the only time that you, like, study the Bible or you study any religious text, and the only time you study it is, like, when you're attending a worship service and you don't, like, study that text in your own personal time, then you're essentially relying on someone else's knowledge of, you know, you're, you're relying on somebody else's knowledge in terms of your perspective on a particular topic. And that can leave you at a real disadvantage. And I think a lot of, I think that's a lot of what happens in politics as well is, you know, we hear from celebrities or we hear from people who in all honesty may not be the best, um, the the best person to talk about those particular issues, but we take on a sound bite or we take on rhetoric because it sounds good, and you end up just being out here looking like a whole fool. Now this dude out here, he done put on a whole K for Kanye West. Like the whole world has basically said, like, "Yay, you wrong, bro." And Yay was wrong, <laughs> and even Yay has come out now and said, "Hey, man, I was. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna flip flop or whatever, but." I mean, now you out here on the island, man, you look silly. And for what? But again, the the lesson here is very simple. It really doesn't have anything to do with G Herbo. It really doesn't even have much to do with Kanye West. It has to do with political affiliations. And if you're going to affiliate yourself politically, I don't care if it's with the Democrats, the Republicans, or even if it's with some of these candidates that were that are coming up. That you may vote for on Tuesday. What are you getting for your vote? What are these people campaigning on? And if you can't adequately answer that question, then I don't think you did your homework. And again, that's to your disadvantage. I'm going to close out this podcast uh, after this last break, because I do want to talk about these candidates individually. And I do want to talk about the morning after. Whether your candidate wins or loses, like this can't be the end. Like this needs to be a beginning. Even if your candidate wins, like we got to learn that just because your candidate wins doesn't mean that's like the end of the story. doesn't mean you can like relax. No, we got to hold candidates accountable. Even if those candidates look like us, you're listening to making a difference. I am Gloria Frazier, and I have been your Georgia State Representative for House District 126 for over a decade. You have trusted me with this awesome responsibility since 2006, and I ask that you trust me once again with your vote in the general election on Tuesday, November the 6th. I could tell you about the various committees I have served on in the State House, or the recognition in the form of awards I have received. I would rather much talk about the importance of serving my community. Service that takes a shape in the form of a world-class cyber center and training facility here in Augusta, Georgia. $50 million have been allocated by the state in this facility, which will bring jobs and opportunities to Richmond County. Service that takes shape in the form of dedication to education and affordable health care. Service isn't just about buildings. It's about building up people whether it's a child in pre-K or a senior citizen. That's why it's so important that you vote for me in November. Involve yourself in the political process. 
not just when you vote, but also informing yourself about what's going on in your city, your state, and this country. I am grateful for your support in the primary and for the past 13 years. Now I'm asking you to continue your support by re-electing me, Gloria Frazier, as your Georgia State Representative for House District 126. Paid for by the Committee to Re-elect Gloria Frazier. Welcome to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Uh, here to essentially wrap up Making a Difference. I just, I want to talk about basically everything that, that I've talked about because here's the thing. On paper, Stacey Abrams, great candidate. On paper, Andrew Gillum. I think I may have shared this with you guys before. I, uh, Andrew Gillum was my student body president, or, or SGA president, when I attended uh, FAMU freshman year. Um, There are some really good candidates i mean it's good to see you know individuals who are competent leaders this is good these are people whom in all in all honesty we want to elect to, to public office the concern that we should all have particularly when you have black representation when you have an individual who says okay i'm or who identifies as black or looks black we got to make sure that first of all they are speaking truth to power on black issues because you can have a situation where you can have someone who in the the word i used at the beginning of the podcast was neocolonialism i'm gonna explain what that means very simply black figurehead white agenda that happens with too much frequency as it relates to politics in this country. I said on a previous podcast that when we talk about Democrats and Republicans, it basically breaks down to white liberals versus white conservatives. I think nothing. I, th I mean, I, and, I, and that that holds true. I think it's evident in the lack of attention to detail for black concerns. I can see that with how the swing votes are even playing out in the midterm elections. When I look at these crowds and I look at, you know, whom certain campaigns are targeting, I feel like black folk are targeted as a last resort, especially when you have a black candidate, because it's just automatically assumed that, hey, black folk are going to vote for a black candidate. And I think while it's good to have black pride, I think we need to have more depth than that when we're making political decisions, because what ends up happening is, is that now we're at a, pl a point as black people, where when you look at swing votes again, Hispanics are seen as more of a swing vote than black folks. You have the LGBT community, white women. These are all more important swing votes to the establishment than black folks. NPR, which is supposed to be liberal, actually uh, did a piece where they were reaching out to white women uh, who voted for Trump. And basically was just trying to gain some sympathetic perspective from them. Are you kidding me? But again, that's just I mean, that's that's where we are in this country now is, you know, black folk are, are being seen or have we've always been seen as, you know, second class citizens. But that's translating um, into the political arena. And it's disheartening because there's so much money and there's so many resources um, that really can start to 
you know, really create a, a political destiny, a political resolve, a, a political base for black people that can speak to black issues. And I know that's the case because, I mean, I'm just watching just Stacey Abrams campaign alone. And I mean, they've brought out some some heavy hitters. When you look at how much money uh, the Abrams campaign has raised, uh, I got an email from the Abrams campaign uh, the beginning of last week that said that the campaign had four million dollars cash in hand, four million dollars. And that's that's another issue entirely when we talk about how much money is raised for campaigns. And you think, man, imagine if we could imagine if we had this this same type of fundraising spirit and the same type of energy for something outside of just a political election for something just outside of an individual candidate. If this was a, a collective spirit or, you know, and I, and I'm just saying in terms of uh, improving the community, improving city services, if we had the same type of attitude, the same type of energy, the same type of inspiration from celebrities, but we, we just don't have that. And that's something that must change. If we're going to see the changes in the black community that, that we truly need, because y'all know while I'm here, y'all know why I'm here. I, I look room for everybody black. And I say that not just because I'm a black man. I say that because black folk in this country have been underserved for so long. It's it's unreal. And when I see political opportunities such as the ones that we're seeing, it's not enough that we elect good candidates, but we also have to hold said candidates accountable. And I think there are ways to hold them accountable within the political process. I want to say a couple of things uh, before I close out this podcast, because, listen, I can tell you guys, uh, as sure as we're going to upload this one uh, for Monday, I'm also going to give you guys an election day uh, podcast as well. I want to encourage you. Uh, if you have not already shout out to everybody who voted early, because I voted early, man. Proud of everybody who voted early. If you're going to vote on Tuesday, listen, pull up a simple ballot. I mean, you got to be look, it's a it's a cheat sheet before the exam. Get your sample ballot, find out, you know, who you're going to be voting for, some of the issues that you're going to be voting on and be prepared before you go to the polls. Again, that's the importance of um, being an informed voter. Also want to uh, promote the Making a Difference movement. Uh, I always encourage people to follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash Making a Difference. You can also go to uh, facebook.com backslash Making, M-A-K-I-N, a different show. I uh, had a chance to add us on the cash app because, you know, Making a Difference is now taking donations. I really, you know, I I was on my Facebook, man. There was this guy, he was saying, you know, um, we need, there's a desperate need for black media. And... I totally agree, but you got to understand like what we're faced with. We are again, because of the political, because of not only political infrastructure, but financial infrastructure and wealth disparity, like black media has, is being systematically like wiped out. So when you find good black media supported, supported by word of mouth, also supported with your finances, very short term thing. Um, we're working on a Patreon, but in the meantime, we do have cash app. The cash app, excuse me, cash app handle is dollar sign making a different show. That's dollar sign M-A-K-I-N a difference show. Uh, no amount is too small. We've already gotten uh, some support from listeners, man. Listen, man, <laughs> I 
when I say I appreciate y'all from the heart, man, y'all don't even understand. It's um, I love doing this, man. It uh, it's a passion of mine, and we want to build it. Uh, we want it to be something that grows. Um, I, I I've previously done investigative reporting, um, and I really want to get back to that because there's so many different things that are going on, just even in, in my area, just locally that I really just, you know, want to be able to kind of sit back and say, you know what here and be able to pinpoint some things, but man, we, th- a lot that investigative reporting takes time. It takes money. It takes resources for those of you guys who are familiar with journalism. You understand exactly how that works, man. And it's something that you really have to be devoted to uh, because I mean, people's lives, I uh, really do depend on it when you talk about, you know, investigative journalism, a lot of different ideas. Uh, as I said, this is not an end uh, in terms of uh, having political conversations. This is a, uh, a beginning. And in the case of making a difference, it's perpetual. We're always going to be having these conversations. Um, with that said, if you guys have any suggestions, by all means, man, if you say, well, can I like to talk about you? I'd like to hear you talk about this on the show. Offer that up as well. You can shoot me an email, making a different show at gmail.com. Again, that's M-A-K-I-N, a different show at gmail.com man again excited about tuesday um and just excited about all this political energy i just want to make sure that we are rounding it um in the right place and in the right vein love you guys so much i'm ken making this is my time peace and god bless Thank you for listening to this episode of Making a Difference. But the movement doesn't stop here. You can follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a difference. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a different show. That's the best way to keep up with all of our podcasts and video logs. Love you guys so much. Peace and God bless. You win. Perfect.